Hello and welcome to episode three of Trailbusters. I'm your host, Will. And I'm Bing. And I'm Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about the unexpected. Trailbusters. As the old adage goes, you should always expect the unexpected. But what does that really mean in terms of camping? We're going to talk about things that can go wrong wonderfully and not so wonderfully. Uh, everything from food to trip logistics. And we're gonna see if we have any uh, tidbits or lessons learned that might benefit you and your outdoor expeditions, our uh, dear listeners. Um, and also maybe get some good chuckles in at our, at our folly. Why don't we uh, dive in um, to our first topic, uh, which is food. Um, so food's essential to camping. And it's also, I think, something that a lot of folks uh, get better at over time. So especially early on, I know from experience, uh, it's easy to pack not enough food, uh, too much food, the wrong kind of food. So I want to talk about some um, meal hit or misses. So uh, to get us started, Ethan, can you talk about some of your favorite camping meals? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think it really uh, varies for me if I'm going car camping versus backpacking. Like, um, car camping, super easy. You got a big cooler. You can fill it with all sorts of perishable stuff. Um, whereas backpacking, you know, you've got to carry it with you. You got to keep in mind how long things will keep in a backpack. A lot of times when I do road trips, I camp along the way. And in that case, I like to be quick, clean, not have uh, any mess or fuss. And then I'll just do like cans of chili over my little camp stove. Super quick, super mm. easy. You throw it on, heat it up, eat it up, throw it out, move on. Dude, the chili is the best. I mean, it is it's so good. You basically just throw it over a fire and you'd be good to go. It's yeah. good if you're like at the front of your group hiking, but if you're downwind of folks the next day, <laughs> there can be some of the negative aspects to that, uh, that meal. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, I do this a lot for like solo road trips. Although, um, if we skip over to my backpacking ideas too, yeah, um, some of the dehydrated chili backpacker meals, which I think is actually what we had in our winter camping trip, and yeah. I've done it a couple times on my own, that's also can be really good. Um, I have a feeling that those meals, if you were to have them just in your kitchen, wouldn't taste very good. But after a day of hiking, um, a, a thing of rehydrated chili tastes amazing fills you up warms you up i think we all i think we all learned one thing right now is that ethan really loves his chili <laughs> car camping backpacking doesn't matter just chili, chili but I, actually, I, I agree like a little spice a little like uh spicy chili so good so delicious do you do you bring any spices with you ethan like pepper uh, or paprika or I anything usually um so if i'm backpack if i'm car camping it's a can of chili if i'm backpacking it's a pack of dehydrated chili and i'm not a big um spice guy when i'm backpacking or car camping for that matter it's just a lot of extra things to bring around and keep track of so i'll usually just bring the one thing um the one thing of chili rehydrate it um and then if i'm um car camping with like a group of friends um nothing can beat hamburgers and hot dogs for me over oh, an open dude. fire same here I, um, I love just like frozen meats throw it over the fire yeah. good to go so easy uh so good um it's super easy for me to do um i will say uh the that sausage that will brought for our camping trip uh, was last summer oh was yeah amazing oh yeah that was absolutely delicious like it, 
It was it was much better than I'm used to when I'm camping. Um, but yeah, I, I forgot. Did we, did we use like uh, real skiers for that, or did we just find like sticks? I think it was sticks. I don't remember. Are you sure? Gosh. I don't know. You guys are knife guys, so I I <laughs> I, I would assume you we use sticks, but I I might be wrong. <laughs> Bang! I think you're right. I, I, How could I pass up an opportunity to like do something with my knife? Um, yeah, I would guess. I I I don't remember, but. That sounds like something we would have done. Um, so, Bing, is is your favorite is your favorite uh, frozen meats uh, for like car camping kind of thing? Would you say yeah, that's your all time like, favorite? I, I think for car camping, like sausages and stuff like that, it's super easy. Stick it on a skewer and just put it over a flame. Like you can put anything on a skewer, really, like marshmallows and stuff like that. Like they all totally. work well over a flame. I feel like the kind of food that you eat for like dinner, like you know, whether it be chili that you cook over a camp stove or like something you cook on a campfire, that kind of food is often a treat. But one of the meals I find the easiest to get wrong is lunches because lunch yeah. food is like, you know, you want to, it needs to be portable. You don't want to, like some people, I think they just eat trail mix or something. But um, so. for me, like, like I prefer to have like a, a, some kind of like something a little bit more involved, but you know, without being like, not wanting to like set up your stove, but what's, uh, what's, lunch, what's wrong with trail mix? If you're if you're on the trail, you might as well just eat some trail mix, right? I mean, there's nothing yeah, wrong I'm, with some gorp, but it's just not I'm, a full meal. I'm definitely in the camp if I'm if I'm backpacking anyway. I'm definitely in the camp of um, I shove a bunch of um, trail mix in one of my uh, lap belt pouches and a bunch of like dried fruit in the other lap belt pouches. <laughs> and like a granola bar in my pocket when I get up in the morning and as I walk I'm just like grazing Dude, the whole yeah. time. How many, how many pockets do you have? <laughs> I, well my, my pants have pockets and then my backpack has that big fat lap belt that have two big pockets on it and nice. then I have a water bottle pouch beside me. Yeah. So I, I've lately grown into liking granola bars because my office has free uh, unlimited well had free unlimited cliff bars so just uh, yeah. we can prepare for a whole camping trip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my office had a good supply of those too. Yeah, always yeah. abuse your office supplies, you know. Yeah, that's that's a good camping tip from the Trailbuster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing that two of my favorite um, camping lunches um, are these things called dolmatis. So there's something that you can get at, at, at some grocery stores, not all grocery stores, but uh, many, especially bigger ones. And what they are, they're grape leaves wrapped, like, wrapped around rice, like seasoned rice in olive oil. And you can eat them with your fingers. And they're kind of heavy, so it's more of a car camping thing, but, or like the first night, the first meal or something. Um, yeah. But they're so good because they're really oily, but they're finger food and they're very light and they taste good cold. And then if you don't use all the oil, you can cook with it later. So it's kind of like nice. a twofer. Uh, and so that's one thing I really like. And then my other like all time favorite lunch is dehydrated hummus. Like there's this like hummus powders you can get. Yeah. Um, what is that? I mean, it's so good. It's like Insta hummus. It's like instant hummus. And it's not like as good as like real store-bought hummus or something. But like, it's like a powder. How, does it, how does it work? Like you, it's a powder, then what? Yeah. You just mix it. You just mix it uh, with water, like cool water. And then you get a little bit of like some hummus situation going and put that shit on some bread or just eat it with carrot sticks. It's, it's you don't definitely, even need to like boil the water or anything? It's just cool yeah, water, you just, good to go? Yeah, yeah. You just mix it up. It's like hummus powder. Interesting. And... Um, it's delicious. It's really good. And I was trying to draw. I was trying to draw a parallel to like instant noodles or something. 
you yeah. keep adding water and then you've got a chickpea smoothie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah, it's chickpea smoothie. But it's dash of protein. Delicious. Yeah. Um, so that's You know what's extra. good for like speaking of adding water in there, like in the mornings, I always like to have like a packet of oatmeal. Um, oh yeah, I, I forgot. My... Yeah, I forgot. I forgot it last time we went. Ethan, you had like a whole stash, so that was a lifesaver. Yeah, that's that's my go-to, um, especially because for for camping, it's easy and cheap. Um, it's always filling and good. I go and I'll get like one of those family packs of oatmeal, and then that's usually enough for like multiple people for multiple days, and it costs like twelve bucks. We've been talking a lot about stuff that we love, but like, what about, has things ever gone wrong for you guys? Like, have you ever planned like a camping trip and had it go like where the food situation just didn't quite turn out as good? Because I know that's definitely happened to me too, right? Like, I, I can think of like one camping trip in particular where we just didn't pack enough food. Like we, we were getting home like super hungry at the end of the trip. And um now my problem is the opposite. It's like overpacking. But I'm curious if you guys have stories like mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, Bing, you could start of like not you know feeling like you brought the wrong kind of food or like you know if, if something's going to go wrong with your food situation or maybe not wrong but just like not as planned. Uh, what kinds of things right. like have you ever had experiences where like things weren't ideal or you I'm, wish you'd thought of something else? You know what's funny? Like uh, I think the camping trip that I draw to is the one that I did in Banff. And it's not your typical one because you have to fly there. Uh, you have to have some of your gear and stuff like that on the plane. Some you have to rent on site. Yeah. And I think like getting stuff to the campsite was actually tough because you kind of have to think on the fly of what to pick up. And yeah. I think I picked up too many perishables that kind of, um, kind of just you know rotted away too quickly. Oh yeah. Um, like mm. fruits just gone bad and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like meats not being able to stay overnight because you don't have a cooler and stuff like that. So yeah. I just didn't really plan it out too well because it was like um, it was like a really rushed job to get any kind of food because you are over there, you don't have your full equipment, and it's it's yeah, it's it's a um, it's a hard task. And at the end of the day, like we kind of just went on rations. Yeah, totally. Yeah, fruit in particular, I know, is I've had a lot of experiences of it getting basically like turned into like a pulp because, you know, it's you, you can't keep them safe that easily. So like get really bruised up in your bag. Yeah, I find um, I find for fruits, you really have to just eat it right away. Like you can't just you can't store it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And meat, too. It's like so nice to have. But like if, if you're not eating it that on the first night and it's not jerky, <laughs> then... Dude, you can just yeah. be barbaric with it. Just kind of just go at it. Go for it. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? I know, right? <laughs> the other thing you got to worry about is squishables, like bread. Yeah, oh, the old squish bread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I love squish bread, though. Haven't you had, like, a ball of bread? <laughs> ball of bread? No. <laughs> Basically turns back into dough. <laughs> I mean, if you squish it hard enough, it'll just turn into dough, and you can, like, you know, yeah. put it with everything. Sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah so so at at first on this one i actually i was kind of having trouble thinking of um times that i haven't prepared well food wise because um, i'm i kind of i over prepare um but in my mind i do that intentionally i always uh go through and triple check my list of food and always bring like a full extra day's worth of food in case i get stuck and then i usually end up you know if i'm more hungry than i thought i just 
dip into my extra days of food because I know chances are I'm not going to actually be stuck an extra day. Yeah. Um, so I usually don't have an issue with that. The one thing um, while Bing started talking, though, that I remembered was on our camping trip where we went all went. Um, for some reason, I couldn't find my spork. And, like, there were a couple utensily type things, like bowls and stuff, that I just couldn't find my camping stuff because I think I had just moved or something like that. Like, I couldn't right. couldn't track it down. And I was like, well, we're going to be close to a town. Uh, and our plan was <laughs> Bing and I were going to meet and go and pick up some stuff from the local grocery store right. uh, the first night. And we go in. Oh, and I remember this. It's this, like, little no-frills that... Um, it must have been like their restock day soon because they had tons of certain things, but we're just straight up out of other things. And uh, the one thing they didn't have was uh, forks of any kind, um, except these little tiny plastic. Oh uh, yeah, forks, I remember this. Yeah, those are. Which that was you amazing. might remember, Will. Yeah, because yeah. we, we when you made that really great sausage, um, <laughs> yeah. we actually have that great picture of Bing um, that we should throw up on the Instagram yeah. of. Bing with a tiny cocktail fork and a giant piece of sausage because that's how we ate all of our food was these Dude, tiny so two good. pronged like one inch long. That's hilarious. Um, I had forgotten about that. I, it it works. It's just it wasn't quite ideal. Um, I think we used those to eat oatmeal too, didn't we? Or I did anyway. I don't know. I think I had. I just kind of like pushed it out of the bowl into I, my mouth. I might have had a, a metal spoon or something. I think you had something with you, but for whatever reason, I, to this day, I still like, I used to have a titanium spork and I couldn't find it for that trip. And I, to this day still can't. So now I have like a, a cheaper plastic one that works just as well. Um, (laughs) It's probably even lighter. Oh dude, I remember what I brought. I had this little set. It had like chopsticks in it too. It was like all like silverware type of thing. I don't know where I put it anymore. I might've lost it after that trip. Yeah, and now you got to go get some cocktail forks. Exactly. That's what happens. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, and I'm pleased to announce uh, a new Trailbusters uh, segment, Camping Yahoo Answers, uh, where your, oh, nice. your brave Trailbusters uh, are, I'm going to have Ethan and Bing um, help out somebody named Tinker Bella, uh, level four, who asked 10 years ago uh, the, the important question camping sad emoji so uh, are you guys ready to help tinker bella with her camping question let's do it was that was that the question no or no there more to come? there's more to come <laughs> okay. i just i want to gauge your level of enthusiasm oh yeah okay so here we go okay i'm gonna try to do it in her voice okay so i hate the outdoors and camping especially in a tent and yeah i have to go tenting with my <laughs> tenting hilarious word word uh, i have to go tenting with my family and two other families for six or seven days, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, I really do not want to go. Do you guys have any tips on what to do to make camping semi-fun and not all gross? I'm a computer geek, and being away from my computer for a few days just kills me, and there's, all caps, no internet, sad face. What should I do? P.S. I'm, my, I'm 14, my sisters are 4 and 10. The other family has a 16-year-old girl and 10 and 8-year-old boys. The last Felimi has one-year-old twin boys and an eight-year-old boy. I don't know why that's important. Update. Yes, thanks, and by the way, I'm a girl too, winky face. So, any ad- advice for um, Tinkerbella? I, I kind of feel like that last part uh, with the um, age and number of 
children with her. I, I thought that was going to be like a riddle. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like an SAT question. The 14-year-old boy doesn't like the four-year-old boy, uh, but he always has to hang out with Susan. Oh, I wish. Who lives in the green tent. I wish. So um, what, what, what advice I, do you have for her? Uh, really long Ethernet cable. <laughs> for the like, just hold it out the window on a spool, <laughs> run a line, you're good to go. The series of tubes, you know. Just extend the tubes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she didn't think of that. Well, she really doesn't want to go tenting, so maybe she could mm-hmm. consider, uh, you know, it's all tent alternatives. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know. Just Bouncy castle. Yeah, bring a bouncy castle. Inflatable ones. <laughs> yeah, just sleep in an inflatable hut. Um, I think they have some inflatable tents you can get, actually. That's pretty Oh, cool. true. Yeah, inflatable tents that you can bounce on. Mm-hmm. Although I guess that would still be tenting. Yeah. Mm. I feel like if, um, if I was giving her advice, I would say bring a board game or bring like, yeah, maybe a board game is a good one. Or nah, I feel like that's like, being too prepared. You think? Just yeah, rough it. Yeah. If, are, do you want us to give uh, her serious advice? Um, in that case, uh, board games, great idea. Yeah. Um, Maybe use your internet skills to start researching different activities you can do um, that don't involve being in a tent. Because <laughs> um, there's there's tons of things outside of the tent part, you know, swimming, hiking, fishing, um, that can be a lot of fun. How do you reduce the gross factor, Bing? How do you make camping less gross? Less gross. Mm. <laughs> I don't like it's. It, I don't think it's gross to be like. You get all sweaty. You, know you get all dirty. You can't wipe your butt properly. What would you do? You uh, go, maybe that's for you, but you go out into the woods in one of those in one of those orbs. You know, like the the bubbles that people like play soccer in and stuff, and then nothing can touch you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're protected from the bugs. You're protected from the gross outdoors. You're just in your own little bubble. I think that's no, genius. but but for reals, just bring a stick of deodorant and you'll be good. <laughs> so here's the steel steel case spelled in leet script says, "I'm a comp geek too, and I love camping. My advice: just relax. I don't know why she didn't think of that. Being outdoors and away from technology is great. You'll plan you'll find plenty of things to do. Use your imagination and just enjoy the time. Seriously, man, you're 14 and the other family has a six year old girl, and you're asking what to do." Which is really gross because she's actually a young woman. So shame on that guy. Super gross. Anyway, that's the end of our segment. <laughs> air horns, air I, I, well, I, before we cut out, I will say um, one piece of real advice um, rather than the um, kind of joke advice I've been giving. Um, there's a YouTuber that I watch a lot who has a great term for, uh, he does a lot of like really long cross-country through hikes um his youtube channel is called darwin on the trail and he has this term he always uses which is embrace the suck and his is kind of the opposite of bing's advice which is like don't worry about deodorant because you're not going to have time to shower all the time it's not going to make a difference you're going to be covered in sunscreen and bug spray and sweaty and miserable and as soon as you accept that and start embracing it you can start enjoying everything else as soon as you stop worrying about like smelling nice and being clean and not being gross and just kind of dive in 
it's almost like you got to rip the band-aid off and get past that yeah i almost feel like you should get like a little funky like rub some dirt on your belly when you first get to the campsite just like Mm -hmm. get in there like smell like the campsites yeah your enemies can't detect you when you approach upwind (laughs) yeah all right that's good advice and a good shout out to darwin on the trail which uh, it looks like a cool YouTube channel. I'm going to check that out next season. Mm-hmm. So our next uh, item about the unexpected, um, moving away from favorite foods into dealing with the unexpected in regards to route and location. So um, mm. when I came up with this sort of discussion topic, uh, I had a story in mind. So I have uh, two good friends uh, who live in Vancouver um, who used to date and are broken up. So sorry, sad, sad day. But they went on a, a camping trip uh, to a trailhead in the uh, northern Cascades, which is a mountain range south of in the Washington state uh, near the border. Very pretty. Um, cool thing about the Cascades is that there's really two ecosystems, uh, one on one side of the mountain, which gets like warmer, wetter weather and is like more like lush. And then it's kind of almost a desert on the other side of the mountain. So it's sort of an interesting place yeah. to camp. That's pretty and, cool, yeah. Yeah, it's really a neat place. And there was a loop trail that I hiked with a friend. Um, uh, this is many years ago now. Um, and I loved it. And I was raving about it. I told them about it. And they decided to go do it. So they drove down to the trailhead and they tried to do the hike. But they took a wrong turn and ended up um, going like many, many, many hours Uh not even following a trail, they were going along a ridge line that kind of looked like a trail, um, and they realized that they kept they had this like growing suspicion that something's wrong. But I think they did this very classic thing of being like, well, maybe if we just go a little further, like it'll sort of yep. sort itself out. Maybe a little further, like it doesn't seem like a trail, but like maybe it is. And you know, it's, sometimes it's like a deer trail you're following, so it's kind of feel like it. Um, so they they kind of clamped down on that uh, better discretion or like you know didn't listen to that voice they got really far along and realized that they were on like completely a not a trail when they realized that they were in a clearing full of huge bear poop i don't actually know what bear poop looks like but this is apparently they they knew so they were like oh my gosh this is wrong and they ended up having to backtrack and by the time they got back to the trail to where they actually accidentally had left the trail uh, they'd spent almost a full day uh doing this wrong route which really sucks because in the states you have to book each stage of a camping trip in advance yeah and if you miss one of your spots your your hose like there's no good way to do it like you can't make up that time really very easily uh, i think they ended up going for it anyways and it worked out okay um but like a couple of pieces there it's like one of them one of the things that i say it's like if you think you might be lost like assume you are it's a really it's like it's better to assume that you are and to stop and like really get oriented and like really validate your assumptions about where you are um, yeah. then to like continue on, which is such a th- common thing. It's like the boy scout, the boy scout thing they say is like, if you think you're lost, the first thing you should do is sit down, like stop moving. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's take something out your compass. Yeah. That's, and that is mouth. some really good advice that I kind of wish I had the, um, my first solo backpacking trip. Uh, I don't think it was nearly as extreme, but that entire story you were telling felt very familiar. Um, the very first time I went backpacking in Algonquin Park, actually, um, I think it was in the, the same, from the same launch point that that trip you're planning now, Will, is up in Algonquin Park, like the Rain Lake area. Yeah. So I went in backpacking there and it was just like a one, one day hiking into a site and then the next day I was going to hike out and then this was when I was still in Toronto. So I drive back to Toronto and, uh, I, 
I overshot my campsite by probably a good two, um, probably a good like hour and a half worth of hiking. Oh man! Um, where the whole time I was like, I couldn't really tell. Um, my problem was so the way the the lake looked. I was supposed to be, there were so many sites along the one lake and I was the next lake beside it only had one camping site and I was on that camping site. So I was like, as soon as I finish this lake, I'm on the next one and there's this many and I had been counting as I was walking, but I think I missed two of them uh, Uh, while I was counting. And I got to this point where there was like a beaver dam and I was like, I couldn't tell if that was a natural, like where on the map it showed the break between the two lakes. No, that's just like it was just like something that was there. And, uh, the, it, according to the map, it would still be the same lake. Turns out that was on the map, what they used to divide the two lakes. Um, but in my mind, I was thinking, you know, it's a beaver dam. It's not a super permanent thing. This is probably still the same lake. Um, and I kept going for a good hour and a half before I finally hit a point where I was pretty sure I was going the wrong way. And I actually passed some hikers coming the other way. And I asked them, like I showed them the map and pointed out and they're like, oh yeah, we're here. And they knew exactly where we were luckily. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and they, they had stopped to like, they both had some nasty looking blisters and they were sitting there like popping and bandaging up their blisters oh, and stuff. And pointed out where we actually were and i was like yeah that's where i was afraid we were and it was a good hour and a half i think i was like five six kilometers of um very steep hiking in past my campsite Um, you overshot it big time i i ended up yeah i i ended up being close enough that by the time i made it back it was still like i made my site super close to my hiking point so i would have got there around noon if i had got there on time and i think i ended up getting there at around like t- maybe two maybe three nice that you planned with so much like you plan to get in so early though because like there's kind of if you have that much padding then like it's not a huge loss right like, yeah so the the one thing i uh, i always kind of jokingly say is I'm I'm like a Boy Scout, but as you were saying it there, the one thing that I'm not like a Boy Scout about is when I think I'm lost, I just keep going and think, <laughs> well, maybe it's just ahead instead of you know stopping and sitting down. So I'm gonna keep that in mind on my next trip. Yeah, try yeah. it. Like actually sit down. It's, it, it 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 works. It's a good. The one thing that really threw me off too was a buddy of mine had lent me his GPS unit. Um, so I was going between map and compass and GPS and his GPS, I think was fairly accurate, but the map was so horribly non detailed <laughs> in that area that it didn't even have most of the lakes. Wait, so yeah. it's just like it, a green patch. It was a gray screen that had one of the <laughs> five lakes around me on it. Oh, like, no it roads like, anywhere. Path. It, the scale was super hard to understand, and like it was, it was bad. It was. Yeah. I think maybe he needed to buy a map pack or something like that, but it was probably very accurate, but horrible. So when I finally sat down and switched and used the old like some compass uh, tricks, like finding a couple reference points and trying to triangulate where I was, that's when I got pretty sure I was in the wrong spot, and it turns out I was right. So. Yeah, that that kind of reminds me of one of my like big like to people who are wanting to do like a longer backpacking trip for the first time. Um, one of my big pieces of advice is like plan in lots of buffer time. Um, so like getting into your site super early. Um, another one of my favorite pieces of advice is like especially for people who are just starting to do backpacking is like have one day of your trip 
that's uh, off day. So like a good thing, yeah. a good a good like backpacking agenda would be like a day in, stay put, and maybe do like day hikes from a spot and then a day out, something like that. And the reason that's nice is because one, you're doing less of like orienting. Um, you're just getting familiar with your gear. You're learning about like the lay of the land and, and you're being comfortable. And also if anything were to go wrong, you don't have to like get to the next site at a certain time. Um, so it's like yeah. sometimes like you don't what you really don't want to have on is like knock on effects where like, oh, you miss this marker. And then, you know, these kind of cascading negative effects in terms of like you don't get to your, your next site or um, you don't get there enough, enough time to like get set up and eat properly. So, yeah, it's definitely good, especially early on to like be very judicious with that. And then um, just one last bit of that is that going to the same trailhead and doing multiple hikes from the same trailhead seems almost kind of boring, but I super recommend it because um, there's usually lots of different like trail, like especially in bigger parks, this one trailhead can mm -hmm. open up to a lot of different areas, but you gain a lot of like understanding of the area and um, like going deep with one place can be better than like doing a lot of like newer things because there's lots of little details, yeah. like getting the right map and understanding um, how long it takes you to actually get to the trailhead, stuff like that. Um, so you, you can get really pro at one trailhead and then like slowly, you know, grow your kind of like list of places you're familiar with. Uh, so that's, that's yeah. the advice I have. I'll, I'll say another thing too um, for that, like having some free days, uh, especially if it's your first time ever doing something like this. Like I, before my first backpacking trip, um, I've, you know, I've hiked a lot. I've spent, um, spent times where I've like hiked multiple days in a row, like all day hiking, just day hikes though. And there's a huge difference between that and having a full bag full of gear on your back like and just how tired and sore you are the next day when yeah. you're not used to that like your second day definitely especially your first hike is probably going to be slower than your first just because how stiff and sore you are because you carry around all that weight you do such a, an intense workout um like over the day that uh it's it's super like then you go and sleep on either a very very thin mat or if you're banging the ground um and yeah. you don't rest up at all like yeah. that's you know so what would you do true. like would you would you like you know go training with a bag of books or something just to kind of get used to it i mean you could you just go backpacking more and just give yourself a little more time i think is probably key yeah um, just make sure you're not super tight on timeline um, and like so the other thing too is when you're super tired you don't want to be pulling in starving hungry like pulling into your campsite it's already like getting dark out you still haven't had dinner you have to set up all your like you don't want extra stress it's all about being out in nature and relaxing at least for me like having added stress of extra mileage just doesn't make sense um, no i totally agree like that's the whole point to you know get out to nature kind of just chill a bit and just enjoy yourself and another thing that i did i did all right on my first trip but i would say um, just a, a quick keep in mind is when you're looking at the map try and keep in mind where you'll be close to water to gauge when you should be filling your water bottle i was really good for the first little bit of my hike but then there was a long stretch at the end where i didn't have good water access and the last time that i did have good water access i thought to myself well 
I've got enough water left and I'm close enough to my campsite that I'm not going to bother filling up here because I don't feel like stopping. <laughs> and that's when I missed my campsite and was super dehydrated by the time I actually uh -oh. got there because the entire stretch I missed didn't have any water close to the trail. Yeah. So I didn't end up like that whole extra couple hours. I ran out of water and then on the way back, like it took till I got to my site that was on a lake to be able to refill. Yeah. And like what I think if you like I've had a, one experience on the West Coast, like on the Olympic Peninsula, um, we went camping on the like, this sort of beautiful uh, trail that goes along the Olympic Peninsula's West Coast. And it's camping kind of like on the beach a lot. Uh, but one day we got like to our campsite really late and set up camp kind of a, in, at dusk, like when it was shading into the dark. And then at night there was a huge storm and it turned out that we were camping in like the like a gully, like a like a basically, Ooh, yeah. yeah, I think the word is a gully. So like our tent was, there was like two inches of water like uh, outside of our tent, but like we had a good tent with good ground cover and somehow it, we didn't get totally soaked. Um, so basically your tent was a boat. Yeah, yeah, like we were we were like in some serious puddle action. Like we were in a deep puddle <laughs> <laughs> and um, we woke up and had to like move in the middle of the night, but we were so tired and like it was so dark that we didn't, I don't, and I, I wonder, like, if we were well-rested and, you know, it was bright out, if we still would have, like, thought that much because it didn't look like rain. But um, just having extra time to, like, pick your campsite and stuff like that can help, like, reduce the likelihood that yeah. you'll get you'll end up in a bad spot for whatever reason so or pack some ore so you can paddle out of there <laughs> yeah get a prop get a bouncy castle for your tent and row, then you're just row, row your tent <laughs> big do you have anything you want to uh, talk about in terms of like plant route and logistics and stuff uh, things to think about or stuff you know, that can go wrong you know an experience that i had uh that went well it went it was a it was a good ending but it went wrong in the middle and the story that you brought up before, like I did this with my ex as well. Uh, and basically we went on to um, like a day hike and we were just going on the trail, you know, get up to the, the vista to check out the views and stuff like that. And then we found a fork in our road. Um, there was a sign that says go this way. There's also another sign that says go the other way, but that part was kind of torn off. And we're like, oh, hey, maybe this is actually a better route or something like that. Because on the map, there was a fork in the road too. So oh, no. we we took the route that had a broken off like arrow on it, and basically the the path got really rough, and really steep, and really thorny, mm -hmm. and really muddy really fast. <laughs> and yeah. we're like we're like oh maybe this is just part of the part of the path. It'll get better soon. And we just kept going and going. It got rougher and rougher. And basically, I got I got caught on everything like everything was out to attack me essentially um yeah but then uh we basically found the end of it it was a steep a steep descent um and we, we just basically was like, like hey let's just just go for it so we kind of just slid down like you know how you know how oh, you man. have a patch of ice on the sidewalk and you kind of just like you know try to slide through the ice um mm -hmm. that's what we did too we kind of just like took a little running star and just slide it down the hill <laughs> oh my god did you um, get all kinds kind of... of yeah we we got out um we didn't know where we are but it, it seemed like we didn't went too far off the trail like we didn't make too much progress um which was a bummer but i mean you uh you blazed your own trail 
Pretty yeah. much. We took a giant detour to not go that far. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's... That, that reminds me of a... So um, I, I, did, I grew up in Nebraska, and there is no skiing in Nebraska. It's flat as a pancake. But um, I, so I wanted to learn when I lived in Vancouver. So I had a friend take me cross-country skiing in um, Cyprus, or I think it's one of the one of the um, ski hills that's just outside of Vancouver. So we went after work one day, and uh, it was kind of dark. And uh, we decided that we wanted to get off of like the groomed trails because there was this little, like sort of these side trails you could take that was kind of fun. And I'm terrible on skis, very very clumsy. So I was like falling all over the place, and um, and I, I wasn't dressed right. I was wearing blue jeans. And nice. um, like a <laughs> rain jacket, I was like, like a rain jacket, and under the rain jacket, I had like a really thick fleece, and so very quickly, I was like soaking wet and like cold and miserable, and it turns out we went down this like side trail, and it was so steep that I was falling more often than I was standing, like I was like t- tumbling down this like incredibly steep thing, and we just kept going further <laughs> and further, and it, it was like I couldn't, I'd get up. For a minute, and then I'd just be back down. I basically fell down the hill. My buddy was like way up ahead. We didn't have any kinds of lights. We didn't have like any quite proper gear. And I remember the week before, a dad and the little kid had gone to the same trail system, and they had both died, and they couldn't find oh. their body. And I Uh-oh. remember being like, "I'm gonna die. I am actually like this is it. I'm dead." And my next victim. Because and what we realized was that we were on a trail that people use to sneak on without paying um, and super, super steep. Um, so it was like just completely ungroomed. But the, the saving grace was that because I had fallen, basically fallen down the this little like offshoot trail thing, um, it was really easy to find our way back because you just had to follow this like snowplow <laughs> that was my body <laughs> and so um i like left a very clear mark of how to get back but i remember nice. getting home and being so cold and so wet and so just like spooked i mean like i'm never gonna go skiing again you know you know i like after like when you're talking about that story i was just imagining you're just forming a snowball rolling down a hill like yeah. you know how those yeah. comical comical comic, <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like that, but way more painful. And <laughs> yeah, it was hor- It was a horrible experience. And I, I feel like you know, in so many ways, like I could have been more prepared. I think I was sort of expecting the person I was going with to sort of like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> they knew what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I, like that was awful. I think we can we can go on with little stories like like this for a while. Um, I'm gonna do one more real quick one before yeah. we wrap it up today. Um, this just this all reminded me of this one trip I went on with some friends, uh, where where one of the guys in the group knew the the trails we were on a little bit better than the rest of us, um, or a lot better. He's the only one who had been there. We decided to go on this like trail, this this nice hike uh, through an area. We found like went down some dirt roads, found an area to park, and started hiking. And it turns out we went down somebody's driveway into some weird, um, like into their oh, yeah. yard where they had all sorts of weird art and like small children <laughs> made out of wood it sound familiar will yes yes <laughs> yeah uh Our, yeah. Uh, salt spring adventure there yeah we were very close to having a, a um i don't know angry locals counter. chase us away with guns candles hippie i just candles. remember walking walking past their house in their yard thinking do we keep going a little bit or should we turn back now <laughs> 
We yeah. also walked yeah. past that little house. Yeah. Uh, Terrifying. Yeah. The creepy statue that will forever, I will never forget. <laughs> Terrifying. So the Haunt lesson, dreams. Uh, guys and gals, the lesson is take time to plan, always be prepared, and expect the unexpected. And, and when you think you're lost, stop and check that you're lost. Well, this has been the Trailbusters. We'll see you out on the trail. See you on the next one. Good night.